Welcome back to another episode of Somewhere Between, a podcast made by Asian adoptees for Asian adoptees. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Today, we'll be discussing the documentary Found with Chinese adoptee Shelly. Welcome back, Shelly. We're so glad to have you on again and so glad you agreed to come on. Um, it's going to be super exciting to again, you know, talk with you and talk through another documentary, too. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was great. The last episode I was on. And so I'm really excited to talk about Found. Yeah. And for those who may not have listened to the previous episode, uh, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm a Chinese transracial adoptee and I live in Canada. I've been involved in the adoptee community since the pandemic started a little bit before that, but I've gotten more involved. And so I'm involved with like China's Children International, families with um, children from China and New York. And then in Canada, there's one called China uh, Child and Youth Permanency Council of Canada. Um, so yeah, so I, uh, well, I guess that's about me as an adoptee, but just as me in general, um, I'm just working part-time right now doing research and in higher education and yeah. And then just in my free time, I love, you know, watching documentaries about adoption or just all, all types of stuff. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, this is perfect. And I didn't actually know you were so involved in the community. That's great to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I had so much free time at the beginning of the pandemic when I was unemployed and recently graduated. <laughs> and I was just like, let's dive into this. And like through the it was started off with the Facebook groups and like just connecting with other adoptees. And that just kind of launched like a whole little, you know, side stuff that I do now. So <laughs> that's awesome. You found like a cool passion to get involved in during the pandemic. Yeah, it's great. And it means something to you, clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, I feel like I've gained a lot from like talking to others and learning and everything. So it's nice to connect and then talk like, you know, for episodes like this and then other people can listen and learn and, you know, and hopefully it'll help someone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's something that I think in our normal lives, we just so rarely get to do. So that yes, it's exactly. like, it's almost like therapy, but with friends. Yeah, yeah. It's great talking to other adoptees who understand, and I know that we all have different opinions, but it's nice to compare and contrast. And we still have base, you know, on the foundational level, I feel like we understand the, the general experience of being adoptees. So that's always nice. That's a perfect segue. Um, speaking of connecting with other adoptees, um, just wanted to let everyone know we will be discussing the documentary uh, Found. So spoiler alert, if you have not watched it, I would not listen to this. Um, Unless you don't mind spoilers, then feel free. Um, But the documentary is basically about three girls who have met through uh, a connection on 23andMe. And from there, they started developing this relationship, um, reaching out to each other, and eventually starting this, uh, their birth parents search together using the site MyChinaRoots. And through that journey, this documentary follows them as they get to know each other. They explore a little bit more about their adoption story. Um, and in the end, you know, go back to China and even get to meet some of the people who are involved in their adoption. Uh, I won't spoil too much more other than that, as we'll probably be discussing about a lot of that. Um, but yes, that's just a little bit about it. Uh, so I guess to start off, then, what were your initial thoughts? Yeah, I watched it um, in the fall of like 2021. So it's been a little bit longer. But I think overall, I did enjoy it. And it's nice to see adoptees represented in media. And I feel like it was, you know, because it's following their stories and like they're the the main characters, but it's not like fictional or anything. It is like real life. And I feel like sometimes adoption is represented not the most accurately. So I thought this was definitely 
moving in the right direction of getting more accurate representation. And I feel like people will get a better idea of like how adoptees experience and navigate this aspect of searching for families. And I feel like a lot of times when the characters and the the people in the the adoptees in the documentary talked about their feelings around it, like it was definitely things I could relate to because I personally would like to find birth family. And I've thought about searching. I feel like I've done it passively, like I've done 23andMe and I've done like a province search poster and I'm in some Facebook groups and stuff. Um, but the actual act of like hiring, it's something that after watching, I've thought more about and looked into. Um, and it's just interesting to watch their journey. Again, it's maybe a bit of a heads up too for like, if that's something I want to do, you know, there's a lot to think about before you jump into that because it's, you know, very emotional. And it's nice that they had each other. And again, like the fact that I've connected with other adoptees, I know that if I were to do that, like I have a community that I could talk to as well. And they're all like different at the same time. So it's not like they're all always agreeing on the same feelings or experiences. So it's nice to see like diversity between the three of them, how like one wasn't as interested, you know, the other person was. Um, so I thought it was did a good job of of showing that as well as all the other people, like you said, the people in China or the, the person who was searching and the different perspectives involved in that process. Yeah, I thought it was it was really interesting because they were cousins. They were kind of similar in age, but they were all in different parts of their like adoption journey. Like I know mm. one of our hosts calls it coming out of the fog, right? So you kind of really start to delve into your adoption, like kind of what that means in terms of your identity. So like the youngest one was like, I don't know. Like, and I definitely related to her, like being in that part of her life where she's like, I think it'd just be weird. Like, I remember she was just like, I don't know, I think it'd just be weird. And like, as she grew up, she became more and more interested and she started to kind of really think about it. And then she, I don't know if she didn't explicitly say she did necessarily want to, but the, the searcher did end up looking for them. So I imagined at some point she was like, you know what? I do kind of want to see it. And I thought that that was cool to, it, it touched upon like all different stages of like, like not having any interest in that kind of stuff. And then one day, like it being one of the things. And I remembered one one line in particular, I wrote it down because um, I'm a nerd and I take notes for things. Don't worry, um, I did the same thing. I have my sheet yeah, up. <laughs> yeah, but um, they said, I don't want to die where I don't know who my birth parents are because she was like going yeah. to surgery. That made me tear up. I was like, oh my gosh, same though. Yeah. Like, that, that that hit me in the feels. Like just all different feelings on it because we're all, I mean, mm. all adoptees are different. Mm -hmm. And I think it's good because some people, if you're not adopted yourself, there is, I feel like, misconceptions or things of where people just don't understand why. Like, there's some people out there that would be like, oh, but you have a family. Like, what's the point? You know, so I feel mm -hmm. like it's really great because you do follow along on their journey. And hopefully it sheds light on something that maybe isn't there's not as much awareness on. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's important. And also just, yeah, how it relates to kind of identity, because one of the girls is Jewish and like my mom's Jewish. So I kind of have a little bit of connection there. Like I can relate. And it's just the aspect of like knowing someone who is, you know, also Chinese, like that's like a huge thing. And, you know, having like racial mirrors, people who like look like you. Um, I think like a lot of adoptees, if you're like transracially adopted, you know, into a family that, you know, a lot of adoptees lack that if they don't live maybe in a very diverse area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing about the One Child Nation documentary is that it was interesting in how it was more um, factual about mm. the one child policy and how it affected um China itself but then also all those Chinese babies who no longer live in China um but this was kind of nice if it showed the adoption perspective from actual adoptees and like you guys have said like from different stages in their process 
Uh, mm-hmm. So that really allowed you to kind of connect more. And for people who aren't familiar with adoption, One Child Nation is kind of just learning about it in a way and, you know, maybe being able to connect, but this was actually seeing the people behind it and how mm-hmm. it really affects, um, you know, our lives. And I think that this was like a really nice one for anyone who maybe is newer to the like adoption topic. Like mm-hmm. maybe if you're a friend of someone or you're just kind of curious, like, this was a good introduction yeah. um, and having those girls like made it really relatable too, because they're young and they're going through an emotionally heavy process. Um, and you're kind of going through this with them. And to me, I kind of felt for them of, wow, I can't imagine going through this process at that age, but then also on camera. And yeah. so you really, you really get in it with them. Yeah. Cause there's parts where it's, very vulnerable you know they're crying or there's just like a lot of information coming at them and they're trying to process that and then to have you know cameras watching you um yeah mm-hmm. yeah I, I also liked how they portrayed um how external people view adoption like their friends so there's mm. the ice cream shop scene where yeah. one of her yeah. friends is like so you speak chinese and she's I like well what are you yeah, and then she said, like, oh, her friend was like, oh, I'm Hispanic. And so she's like, so do you speak? And then it just she was cut. Like, no, duh. Like, or she said something. It was like, no, like, I, what? And she, like, acted confused. Yeah. Was like, How do you think she feels about it? Like, hello? Or even on, like, the other side where it was like, like, you met, like when you mentioned before, when we see um, one of the adoptees cry because mm-hmm. a very close friend to her had actually um kind of lashed out and said something very mean to her very horrible of you know saying that she's not wanted by her parents and yeah i think that was, that was so- in a sad way so nice to see not that it, like another like kids say that that's horrible that they say that but also mm-hmm. as an adoptee being able to kind of feel that of wow okay like reminder we're not alone mm-hmm. and for people who have never been on our side they can kind of see what it's like to be us yeah, yeah I think that, that it's not just all positive because people don't understand that you can face like microaggressions and you know certain ignorant comments like that and it definitely you know if you could take it to heart it could really you know confuse you yeah mm-hmm. and I think that there's a lot of people who they in their mind they think that they, they don't see that as like a hurtful comment which to us it's like that is super offense like how how would you say your family doesn't want you? But to them, they're like, oh, well, if you were adopted, obviously they didn't want you. That, yeah, like, that's it's so matter of fact. Without and thinking of the emotional piece. Right. Let alone the, the endless amount of factors that could have contributed to, like, anybody being adopted, let alone, like, Chinese adoptees specifically. Like, Yeah, there's just so much unknown. Yeah. And I've seen this amongst friends who are, you know, growing up in their biological family. It's such a common joke for people to say, oh, that's not my sibling. They're, they must be adopted. They're different. Mm. Or, um, oh, well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like that sibling. Like, wish we could just give them away. Or like, oh, my parents don't want them. And it's just so crazy to me because to them, it's such a casual joke. But then to us, it just hits so much different. Yeah. yeah. And even just when it's not used as a joke, but adoption sometimes is in itself just talked very casually. And I know some people are like, you know, they should realize that adoption is a very serious decision and people really need to think it through instead of just being like, oh, I might get pregnant. I might adopt. Like, who knows? And it's just such a 
it's just like, oh, one of many things I can just do if I want to. But it's like, oh, it affects the adopted person. And, you know, we ourselves do not have, well, if you're younger, I know some adoptees, if they're adopted older, they do have the choice. But, you know, Chinese adoptees, usually we didn't have the choice because we we're babies. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like just, you know, changes someone's life. Yeah. yeah. And I, I liked how in that documentary, they did talk a little bit about like the the birth parents and how they felt. But I feel like the way that they framed it, it it was sad. And like, I, I definitely felt for them. But I think this was so much more personal because yeah. not only did they talk about like just the thoughts, but like hearing like every single person that they talked to and they like, we think this might be your baby life. And I think that people tend to think of like all of the, the babies from China as just like a mass of babies versus like we were all, we're an individual person with individual feelings who were taken from our family and put in an orphanage. Like, I feel like yeah, it lets people yeah. disconnect from that, but this made it so real. Like that one mom and the, the husband, the husband like bought them to the baby to the hospital. And then he went back and the mom was like, I will go back, go back and get them. And he was like, I don't know who found her. And like that, mm. I don't know. The whole thing was just so sad to me. Yeah. yeah. It made it so much more real. And it shows that, you know, we, a lot of times, like a lot of us are wanted. So it's not like the truth that we were yeah. like abandoned and like there, there's a whole, it's more complex than that. Yeah. And a lot of times, like, yeah, it's, it could be the one child policy and that they can't have another kid or just like other things that, you know, maybe financially they can't have more kids because they already have like one or, or however many. So it is interesting to see that perspective. And then also like the foster families too and then how like they might remember or like you know I didn't realize that like sometimes they were kept for a longer period of time and that they almost saw them as if they were their child too because they had taken care of them for so long and that they could have developed like an emotional attachment yeah and I like what one of the parents had said where they were talking about adoption is a grieving process and yeah this documentary showed it's a grieving process on all sides for us as adoptees like we've been talking about, the story always has been told to, at least for, you know, Chinese adoptees, I've always been told one child policy, they didn't want you because you're a girl. Um, they chose to give you a, or like, you know, all this. And then you see documentaries like this, where you actually see the parents and how their choices have haunted them. Mm-hmm. And also in a, in, a, in a sad way, it's almost, again, comforting, because then it's that feeling of, maybe I was actually wanted or, you know, maybe my parents have these same thoughts and they do actually think about me. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing that the shopkeeper mother who had given away three babies mm-hmm. say, you know, I don't know if my girls will ever forgive me. And if they don't, I completely understand was so hard to see. And it just made me want to like, if I could telepathically send a message to my birth parents that, you know, I forgive you and I'm grateful that you made this change because it's given me the life I have now. I wish I could because it just makes me think like how has this affected their lives and you know mm-hmm. while we while we think of I don't want to die without knowing my birth parents on the flip side for them is you know it they might die without ever getting to see their daughter or if they gave away a son. Sad because some of them like we talk about not knowing and it's, you know, difficult for us in the search process. But then, you know, some of the parents in China, if they gave it to like a middle person, 
it wasn't them specifically who like maybe left you at an orphanage or a hospital or police station or something, then like as soon as you give it to that middle person, then the fact that they also don't know a lot of information. So they might feel just as much like, oh my God, it's such an overwhelming process. Like I don't know where to look or how to start. Like it didn't really occur to me too that that it's very difficult on both ends for yeah. both people if if they want to look and we're trying to look too. And it just it seems like the odds are sometimes against us. Right. And it's crazy because for us, it's kind of narrowed. If we know what country we're from, we can look at that country only for our parents. Yeah. For yeah. them, it's the whole world. That, that's yeah. true, yeah. But then I on both sides, it's a lot of people. There's yeah. like one something, one point something billion in China. And then I was like looking on the My China Roots website about like DNA testing. One of the questions was like, how like likely am I to find like a DNA match? They were like, well, there's like 400,000 people in Chinese DNA databases. Downside, like you said, there's like a billion plus people in China. So they're like, you do the math. And I was like, dang, uh -uh. like, that's a lot of people. That's not a high percentage. And they were saying how, like, there's a lot of private DNA companies in China. So, like, even if they've done it, like, the odds that they're in a DNA database that, like, you can, even ones that you can, like, integrate it into with, like, your raw data, it's, like... Yeah. And then there's the two different types of DNA tests you can do. Because, like, the 23andMe one is, like, an autosomal one. And then there's another type that's a bit more, I've been described, it's, like, a paternity test kind of where it only shows, like, super, super close DNA matches. Mm. Um and so then it's like if you've done 23andMe, but you haven't done the one that's in China, then you're like the two DNA tests are never going to match up. Right. It seems like in this one, though, they do similar to the 23andMe where it is the autosomal saliva test. That's what at least the the My, Chi My China Roots company. Yeah, that one. Did. Yeah, Probably for the they have, yeah, for like the whole database. Yeah, mm -hmm. which is cool. I mean, that's big, big spoiler for everybody. But one of the people with like, thought like who, the one who gave away three daughters i think mm -hmm. she found like she was a match to another family who was searching in like and they they just ended it yeah, i was gonna say you make a whole new documentary just on that person's story <laughs> that, so that was like really cool oh like i saw the i saw it i thought it was gonna be like just a really sad ending she was like so we found one of your daughters and i was like <gasps> my heart yeah which is like there is hope it is possible mm -hmm. and like they said it's like winning the lottery you know yeah, yeah. I think like hopefully with DNA becoming more accessible and like more adoptees looking and birth parents knowing that we're looking too because Damn. like at a panel discussion where like the person who started My China Roots, he said, you know, a lot of people in China don't even think it's possible to reunite with the children they gave up. Like that's yeah. not something they even knew that they can do, whether it's through DNA or that adoptees are searching. So I think just like more awareness, people trying to say like we, we are searching or a lot of us are. And that, yeah. you know, on the other end that there's options, you know, for them to also try to search. Yeah. That would help. One of the things I found so nice about this documentary was that it did highlight the nannies who took care of us. Mm. And like Amy said, like they developed a connection with us and viewed us as individual babies, despite having to take care of so, so many. Still blows my mind. Like part of me was like, are, are you lying? There's no way you could remember yeah. each of us. I, I kept looking at them like, I don't want to be cynical, but like, especially after like the One Child Nation where they were like, a lot of people, they just say things because they, they feel like for XYZ reasons, they say, they remember things even though they don't. I was yeah. like, like it was so specific. I was like, it really sounds like you know exactly who this child is. But they took care of hundreds, thousands of babies mm -hmm. over however many years they were with these orphanages. And it's just like, 
What? Yeah, because I can understand if you have like feature that is very distinct, like a birthmark or something where it's like, okay, I guess that'd be easy to remember. Or like if you're um, like a male Chinese adoptee, because they're less common. But I also was very like, is this true? I, <laughs> How yeah. is it possible? But like with the Maybao? That seemed like that was so legit when she was like, oh, yeah, we called you Maybell and my, my mom made fun of you because you were like a little piece of dough. And I was like, OK, she like remembers Maybell. Maybe I don't know if the other ones are true, but like she remembers Maybell at the very minimum. I was like, that mm-hmm. was very maybe even if just like the name jogged the memory, but like still th- that nugget lived in her brain after all these years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder, though, too, if it's like kind of a weird case because this was after people recognizing from photos of oh my friend's actually that person mm-hmm. or oh yeah I recognize like that photo or that baby so I wonder right. if that's also one of the reasons why either way like that's crazy I will honestly admit um seeing this documentary I think I was 30 40 minutes in I immediately went to the my china root site and yeah. uh, yep. <laughs> applied for a call for this Sunday you have to tell oh. us how it goes cuz I I did the same thing. I saw your message and I was like, I sure will understand what she's saying. And then after it, I was like, okay, I'm just going to be Alia and okay, how do I do this? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd be curious to know how that goes too. Because I did the step of like joining their Discord server. Mm-hmm. I have yet to make an introduction though to like they have an adoptee corner like voice, not voice, oh. like a channel where you can specifically talk to other adoptees because I know that their services are not just for adoptees. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh, I don't know if I... I, I just haven't done it yet, but you know, I'm curious also to know. Wait, how if that you goes. send me that information, I'll I'll do an intro, but we can do them like by each other, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just all stack it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, now that you mentioned that, I think I will try and join their Discord. I was hesitant because I'm horrible at social media, <laughs> and I I was worried I'm gonna join it and then not actually follow up. But knowing that there's other people is like more comforting. Yeah, um, and they sometimes have events. I haven't joined any other events. And they have, like, specific channels where some people are very good at, like, translating because they don't know the language. Or some people are good at knowing, like, the history of China or the culture of it. So if adoptees have questions about learning, not necessarily birth family searching, but wanting to know about the city that they're from. Or, like, what things were like at the time that they're adopted to understand more of the context and stuff. So some people, I, I think it's, like, a lot of volunteers, too. So a lot of people are just really interested in this. So it's it's nice that to know that there's other people who are just literally helping from the goodness of their heart and they're not adopted. They don't have like a direct connection, but they kind of are like, oh, yeah, like I can answer questions or help in any way. And I'm like, that's so nice to see. Especially since like we're a newer in terms of like Asian adoptees, we're like, yeah, newer, more recent waves. So we have less things set up. So it's nice to see. It's exciting. Yeah, yeah. And I was excited by this one because it felt very genuine on their website when you were going through and they're trying to be real with you of, okay, here's like, if you like questions of how do you know you're ready to search or Mm. here's the DNA process, like Amy had said of, you know, while it's possible, like take this into consideration. So Mm. I really appreciate that. We're just trying to sell you of, yeah, we'll find it. It's totally fine. No worries. We're going to try our best and we're going to do what we can for you, but there's no guarantee at the end of the day. So it's something that, you know, that's up to you to decide. And yeah, so that's why that's I liked great. it. I decided to book a call with them. And they, their call is also free, too. They have they offer a fir, like a first like 30-minute um, free chat just to kind of talk through things. And seeing this documentary made me curious if it might actually be possible for me to even do a search. Because I always believed 
I couldn't, I had no photos to really go off of where some Mm -hmm. people are, you know, put with a photo, um, or like some memento from their parents. Um, I just typical found on the steps of a bank brought to the adoption place a few days after my birth. And there I lived until my parents adopted me. But seeing this documentary made me think, oh, maybe there are chances that even finding the nanny who might remember me because Mm -hmm. I was adopted when I was 18 months old. So, and they said that supposedly I'm born on April 7th and I was found on April 12th. So I was there for a decent portion of time. So they might remember me. And Mm -hmm. then with my parents too, um, I doubt they often run into a Chinese and Pakistani couple. So maybe they're memorable. Um, so it kind of gave me hope and I'm kind of, ex- I'm excited to talk to them and see their thoughts of, you know, is it worth it for me to do this process? Like, do I have enough information to go off of? Yeah. I think it's definitely worth a call. That's awesome. So Yeah. And it seemed like in the documentary that the one searcher that was used for those three girls did a very thorough job. Like the mm-hmm. fact that they're like calling people and they're like trying to track down, like they you know, I guess they're professionals, right? So you're yeah. paying for a service, but they're doing it to their full abilities and they're really going to try. And so I thought that was comforting that, yeah, it doesn't seem sketchy or like a scam or anything. Yeah. Like it does seem very legit. And I was like, that's great. Cause I do think there are others out there that again, you have to be careful. You know, people might mm-hmm. be trying to exploit a vulnerable community who just right. wants to connect with birth family. But it, I like that they showed that process of like what they do on their end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she seemed so genuine the the yeah. person like i like i like that we got to know her and she like she put her heart and soul into not only like trying to make the just the trip to china like memorable and enjoyable she seemed like a genuine friend to them and she mm. like genuinely like put like her whole being into like i want to help these girls and i also want to help these these parents who had to give up their families like she yeah. I, I keep saying genuine but like it was just so genuine like she really felt all of the emotions and she maybe like she was just really amazing but it just made me feel like these people like actually care about yeah everybody involved which is like the the kind of people that you want to do like such a uh personal thing mm-hmm I think that you said that still like it, it further adds to the contrast between like one child nation where I think that one does focus more on large numbers and it doesn't make you feel like you're at all special or like that people <laughs> care about you as an individual. And so this one was nice. And then also just hearing her personal story of like she grew up in China and, you know, yeah. her her life could have taken a very different turn if she was given up for adoption. But then also hearing about what life was like for her and realizing you know, what she struggled with, you know, not an adoptee, but she had her own struggles with just not yeah. being treated as equally as like a woman because of gender equality issues. And so I thought that was just really interesting just to get insight into something that we can't personally like firsthand experience, but it's it's something that is, you know, indirectly kind of still connected in a way to our stories somehow. Yeah. yeah. And I think it goes to this idea that, you know, when we think about our birth parents, we do have that almost like romantic feeling of wow like people who I'm actually biologically related to and like what it would have been like but then you know sometimes we're reminded of this where even if we were with our family it could have been a scenario like hers where we're rejected by a mm-hmm. majority of the family and it causes a rift um mm-hmm. and we feel that same sort of resentment rejection abandonment feeling yeah. even in that scenario yeah and it was just 
crazy to me to see that. Um, I think that also goes to another thing that I liked on the website is that they stated very clearly of, you know, if you're going to search, be prepared that your parents might not want to meet you. They might not have like the same feeling and like it may not be a positive meeting. And so just like that reminder of each side has their own story and it doesn't mean that our feelings are going to match up. Yeah. And then again, because it's a documentary, it's not like a fictional story. You know, the, the just the reminder that there isn't always happy endings, even though like the one birth mother in China, was, you know, had a connection, which they don't go into or anything. Yeah. But just realizing that, you know, for a lot of adoptees, unfortunately, that might be their story. Like that might be the truth. Like you might search and then seeing that it doesn't necessarily you get out of it what you wanted. Mm-hmm. And then but then also knowing that like there's time, you know, sometimes if it didn't work out now, maybe there's still hope that later on down the road it will work out. So. I like how like the searcher she called it like your lost history I don't know why that like phrase just really stuck in my mind and she she kept saying like I believe that like one day this could happen she's like she was never she never lied she said it will happen she's like I believe that it could happen and technology is always changing and it was just earnest about like the reality but also like there is hope but then also at the same time like sorry just going back and forth there's so many emotions about this but like also how like I really thought like maybe these were because the story sounded so similar. They lined up and even like the, the, the family where they were like, they look like you. They, yeah. like, like they sisters were, and they like, they, and then when they met and like the, even like the families, they were like, like we look like, you know, like they, they look like they could have been like, you could have told me that they would have been like, yeah, like, yeah. So like, it just kind of shows like, well, at the same time, like it really individualized us as people and humans. It also said like, I don't know, it, it did both sides of the coin of like, you, we're all individuals, but also we're one of many that are all experiencing this trauma, this like national generational ethnic trauma, like whatever you want to call it, trauma on all sides of the equation. And, you know, there's so many stories of people looking and wanting and, you know, it was just, I don't know. I get what you mean. There's just so much packed into this documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, getting to see everyone's side of parents who had given up their children, the children's side, um, and then caretaker's side, and then people who, or, you know, babies who did stay in China. And, you know, we see this, the searcher. Um, so it was, it was a lot to absorb in this, even though it felt very straightforward at first. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a lot to take in. And then there's the adoptive parents too, who are, along for the ride I don't know if that's the right wording but they're there and they're present and sometimes the camera will you know focus on them and how they're dealing with the whole process and it is interesting to see too because it's like something that I guess you know like just like your friends can affect you like as an adoptee that like your journey and your story like your adoptive parents were the ones that adopted you so they're like a big part of the whole journey and as well I mean they could be as some adoptees might not want them to go back with them to their birth country but um it's just to think about that aspect as well and I guess you know like my mom said like she would support like she does support but she would want to like come back with that um with it for me like she'd want to go back to China um and so just thinking of that about how she would have a totally different set of like emotions attached to it and it would affect her in some way as well And it's funny that you mentioned that because when I was watching the documentary, I was thinking myself too, of, you know, if I were to go back, like who would I go back with? And it's like, you know, definitely I think I would 
want to go back with my mom for that emotional support and seeing these girls and, mm-hmm. you know, the way their moms experience things too alongside them, um, I think is like a nice way to also deepen your connection with your adopted parent. You know, mm-hmm. you're approaching this like difficult topic together and it's your history, but it's also their history too, because they're, you know, they have their own story of they came to China to pick you up and here's what they saw and here's what they experienced. Um, and so mm-hmm. you guys kind of meet in the middle. Yeah. And then because we're babies, we won't remember being adopted. So they, them being there could help like bridge some of the information that can confirm you know, if information's true or things like that, like if you go back searching for answers, you know, mm-hmm. they have the memory and then maybe they've written notes or journaled or whatever that so they would be able to help in the search process, you know, if they're willing. Yeah. I also thought about it in regards to my partner of debating, you know, what mm-hmm. I want to go back with um, him as well, because it's kind of when I was thinking about that with my mom, I was then thinking, oh, you know, like Amy had mentioned, she had said, this is your lost history. Mm. And is that something that I, you know, a part like your life partner, I want to explore with him. Mm. Um, and kind of also then deepen the relationship that way of he can kind of see how much mm. adoption has affected me. And it's mm. more of an easier, tangible way, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think well, yeah. there's only so much that you can understand on like a theoretical level. There's a whole mm. deeper understanding, like seeing it unfold. Yeah. And then like walking with you through those steps and then like also just physically being there with you to provide like support if you need it. Yeah. So, I think it's good because some of these documentaries, like I think maybe you said it, someone said it earlier too, but it, it does help provide like if someone doesn't know you know, instead of necessarily us having to explain our feelings and everything, it's kind of nice because it's like, oh, if you want to watch this documentary, then we could talk about it after. And then you kind of had a base understanding and you kind of know some of the information that I don't have to explain it to you because yeah. I feel like we do a lot of explaining to other people in I our lives already. <laughs> yeah. Before we wrap up, um, any last thoughts or, you know, big things from the documentary that hit you or something that I guess if anyone to ask you, you know, why they should watch it like this is one of the big reasons yeah I think just for adoptees that it's nice to see our stories represented I mean it could potentially be (laughs) triggering to some people so maybe like either watch it with someone or be able to talk about it with someone afterwards I mean that maybe even more so that was for like the one child nation but I feel like this one you know you could say that too because everyone has different comfort levels with what they want to you know watch in relation to something so personal to them um, but then, yeah, I think it's important for like non-adoptees to watch, to just kind of get a better understanding of what our experiences are like. And then again, it was very like recapping what we've already said, but it was very like realistic and authentic, you know, that it showed both sides. It showed of of like, you know, good things and bad things with searching. And then it showed like a diversity of perspectives that's not just the adoptee. So I thought it was great to see. And then I'm just hoping like more and more things like this come out so that we can see more stories because again we do have different stories and experiences no i totally agree with you i think if i had to sum up this like watching this to a fan i would just say like it just felt real like and not to say that the other one wasn't real because it was very real but this was so real in a different way and so like that's how i would i like made my parents watch one child nation and i'm gonna make them watch this one yeah i have to i have yet to force my parents i gotta i've been kind of afraid almost of I don't know. I feel like my internal expectations of like, I want it to hit as much as it hits me, but it's, there's no guarantee, you know? Yeah. Um, I know. But I definitely agree with you in that, you know, 
One Child Nation and Found are both really good documentaries to watch and a good start to what it's like being an adoptee. And One Child Nation is kind of if you want more informative and background. Um, and like you said, like the bigger overall like numbers picture of everything. And then Found for connecting to all the different um, people involved in, you know, this one story. Um, I think it like humanizes it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's just a really good one. And it gives me hope watching it that yeah. with more of this stuff coming out, there's more conversations about it. Um, like we've talked about, maybe it's going to be more common now for people to do DNA testing or searching and, you know, realizing it might be possible to find their children or for us to find our parents. And I always thought it was not worth it for me to search. I didn't have enough information. It was hopeless. But this kind of made me feel, oh, maybe I do have a chance. It might not be now, but maybe, mm-hmm. who knows, in 10 years, somehow my birth parents decide, hey, I'll do a DNA test and submit it to the system, or maybe they're ready to look too. Mm-hmm. And it's like with the shopkeeper, all of a sudden you get that call, we found someone who might match you. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely made me want to be a bit more proactive than just passively, like hoping something works out without me having to do too much work. It made me think like, you know what, I should probably take some steps if this is something I genuinely want to happen. And then like may as well and see what happens. And again, manage expectations, but like, you know, that I I should try to put my, like, if, if they're searching for me, like if I'm not doing enough, like they might not know. And like, I wouldn't want that to be the reason that if I'm just like focusing on living my life, but, and then just hoping that they find me, it's like, okay, I'll try to do some work as well to like potentially get the result that I'm looking for. Yeah. And I feel like I, on the older end of Chinese adoptees, I'm definitely not the, the oldest, but like I was adopted in 95 and I feel like that's like mm. toward, towards the, the the start by like five to 10 years, right. Of the whole one child policy. So I always worried that, you know, if I don't do it now, like not to be more, but like they're going to die before I like decide yeah. to do it. And mm. then I'm going to live my life with like regret. But I really loved how they showed the sister and how she wanted to meet her sister just as bad and how she thinks about her all the time. And like, it made me feel like I still definitely want to meet my birth parents if, if they want to meet me and I could find them and stuff. But like, it also made me feel less anxiety that I have to do with immediately because I'm going to run out of time because there are other people that I could find, even if, you know, God forbid it doesn't happen by a certain deadline. Right. So that gave me a little hope because I feel like I'm not that old, but like I feel old in this community. <laughs> yeah, because I'm 96 babies. So I feel like we're a similar <laughs> situation. Yeah. And there's like, yeah, there's, yeah, not a lot that are older than us. So it really is like we're paving the way kind of. But yeah. it's like, so I think when we were kids and maybe we weren't thinking about it, but I feel like us as adoptees are creating communities and resources and helping each other. And then as well as like all these people who maybe not don't have as much of a personal connection, but are still helping too. So it's just nice that in like that amount of time in our own life lifetime, we've seen like all these things arise that are like helping us that that yeah. it's yeah, it's hopeful that moving forward, there'll be even more of that. Yeah. Thank you so much, Shelly, for coming back on the podcast, joining us for a little found discussion. It was really great having you again. Yeah, this is so nice. I love talking with you all. Um, where can people find you online and such? 
See, I'm trying to make a website, but I have not gone around to it. So I'll just, I guess, Instagram. I'm on Instagram at C-S-E-A underscore shells, S-H-E-L-L-Z-7. But I think that's the easiest way to contact me right now. And I do like connecting with other adoptees. And again, if like other people want to talk about this, like if this episode inspires them to watch the documentary and then they're like, oh, I wish I had someone to talk to. I mean, I would be down to continue talking about it with others as well. So. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And if you're interested in being in one of our episodes, you can email us at somewhere.between.podcast at gmail.com. And you can join our Instagram family at somewhere.between.fam and stay connected with updates, casting calls, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Thanks for listening. See you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs>